I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. It's Des here very quickly on my own before I introduce Steve and eventually on this episode, a very special guest, Jason Byrne talking about his new children's book and also uh, catching up about life since his dad died, which was the last time he was on his podcast. We were, uh, on this podcast, we were chatting about that. But I just have to say an apology in advance because I actually recorded with Jason for like an hour. But it was 35 minutes into the episode that I realized that I hadn't pressed record on the Zoom on my computer. And I apologize for that. There's nothing I can do. I was stressed out. It was 6 a.m. And I messed up. There's still a good chat there. There's still a fun chat. It'll be at the end of this episode. Myself and Steve chatting first about... Um, actually, we ended up chatting a bit about my boarding school days uh, and the sort of good old days of corporal punishment. We talk about Trump. And then we talk about how the pandemic has affected our thinking about the future, our own futures. Not the future of society, but our own futures. Um, which of course leads to uh, relationship updates and uh, life updates from both of us. Um, and uh, I'm I'm actually trying to speak a little bit lower because this is not the only podcast being recorded in this house right now. There's an episode of Giggly Squad for those that uh, are fans of that. An episode of Giggly Squad being recorded in my bedroom next door. So hence the the hush tones. But anyway, we have a great episode. First up, me and Steve, and then we finish up with a chat with Jason Byrne. Uh, and it's going to be great. So stay tuned and I'll chat to you guys at the end. All right, Steve, we're back. We're back in the house. Welcome back to the podcast that we don't even know the name of anymore. Who knows? Two lads. Actually, I got the logos, man. I got nice. the logos. I, I keep forgetting to pick a final one. Yeah, well, I saw the original drafts and they look really cool, man. That's what I'm saying. I haven't picked, I haven't picked one yet, but... Yeah, you'll, you'll be happy with it. What did your in-house de- designer say? Or your, your You know what? The, the crazy thing is that I keep forgetting to show her. That's actually really? the thing. Oh, right. Yeah, I just like, it comes into my head when she's like asleep in the morning. Because like, my, the, the morning is like my busy time. Yes. I, I get shit done in the morning. But she's asleep. She doesn't wake up till like 11 o'clock. So it always pops into my head when she's asleep. And then the day gets going and I forget, you know? Yeah, of course. Morning time is the busy time. 11 o'clock? What time do you go to bed at? Oh, listen, she's like, a, she's like a teenager, man. She's 29 years old. She's like a teenager. <laughs> it's Mike. unbelievable. I keep telling And she's busy, too. She's like 10 times busier than me. And then she gets stressed out throughout the day. I'm like, Anna, you could, you, could, you could have so much done by the time you wake up every day. Like, oh, my God. Because I, like, I, I, I actually do quite a bit. First of all, I'm a little bit more... Um, I, I'm like quicker with getting things done, the stuff that needs to get done than yeah. she is. But, but that aside... She could have like the like the day done by two o'clock if she would just wake up at like nine, you know, just but even anyway, nine. Whatever. So not even seven, just nine. No, I mean I'm up. I'm up at six thirty. I don't even want to be, and I'm yeah. up at six thirty. That's just hard work. You know, there's only four hour time difference today, Steve. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I did. Oh, because the clocks went back here. 
Yeah, so you're 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 seven thirty now. I'm three thirty p.m. We're a little different. We're right. it's Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, it's Tuesday. What's today's date? The twenty seventh of October. That's right. I should have known that from all my bloody references. So it's seven but... days until the election in America. But before we Holy get into that, shit, that's right. Everyone, yeah, there's a lot of talk before, about it, bro. Uh, yeah. Before we get into that, go. Uh, for this week. Uh, Tuesday, 3.30 p.m., 7.39. For this week, we only have a four-hour time difference, so we're taking advantage. I'm actually in my apartment in Manhattan for the day because Hannah films her... Uh, bra- oh, not, not... Oh, she, she films... Um, she films, like, stuff uh, for Bravo. Okay. Th- like, once every two weeks. So this is, like, our, our in-the-city uh, in night. Nice. And uh, so... That's that's basically how we have this time to get together here, Steve. Because you're you're busy, you're a busier guy now too. Well, I'm just busier from, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm studying, so I can't believe I'm saying it. Even <laughs> you're a nerd, bro. But honestly, you've never looked more like a mature student than you look right now. I know with, with the long hair tied back. Hair. I know, I know that we don't really put 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 up videos much anymore. Yeah. But thank God, <laughs> you you really do look like that guy that sat in the front of the lecture and just annoyed. 18 year olds <laughs> and i you know what i asked it's so cold in the house where you're just sitting writing all day and i text my missus asking her to get herbal tea because i can't be drinking too much coffee and i was like oh god it's such a student i've even got these fucking blue lens glasses and everything it's yeah i'm like a, such I'm a, a student you can't nerd. afford any heat you can't afford heat in the house <laughs> it's just it's, my bedroom is just cold it's really hard to heat it's, oh god hot oh, water ireland bottles. man that's one thing i don't miss about ireland is like damp it's just colder there. Yeah, man. I, I always said that, you know, when I moved to Ireland, like the Irish winter is actually not as cold as the American winter, but I was just always cold. Yeah. You know, it's just the cold that just gets in you, Get you know? In your bones. It's the humidity of the cold that just soaks in there. Ugh. I know, man. And like for our American listeners, you know, like condensation is a real thing in ireland <laughs> you know, yeah like, like, it's just more than you possibly can realize yeah the windows will like be dripping from dripping. the inside and i remember in st peter's in boarding school back in the early 90s like sometimes it was so fucking damp that like the walls would be dripping a little bit yeah absolutely you know they'd be like they'd be like just dripping down the wall and it, 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 you know it was just it was hard to feel dry and you know, the heating just wasn't as good. It was more expensive. And I mean, nowadays a lot better. But in those early 90s, man, it was just like, it was just hard to feel cold a lot of the time. I saw some of the pictures as well where you stayed in St. Peter's and fuck me, it looks cold in the pictures even. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was pretty, like when I think back now, it, it was, it was, it, it, it could easily be used for like a film about the dark side of the Catholic Church. Oh, definitely. You know, like, Definitely. Wooden cubicles and wouldn't be hey, surprised listen, man, if like, Song for a Raggy Boy was filmed there. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was the one with um, the guy from Game of Thrones, right? The uh, yeah, the, the the one about the beatings and everything. Yes, yeah, Ashling. Yeah, What's yeah. her face was the director? I can't remember. Uh, Robert Sheen was in, I think, as a as a child actor at the time. Yeah, is that right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy that uh, uh, the guy that plays like the older man his name just gone out of my head for a sec but anyway he, he's obsessed with the uh, daenerys targaryen um he, he, the actor's name uh, glenn ian glenn i think his okay name. right but uh he uh yeah he was in uh, yeah that, but they, but but there was some of that i mean I'm, i don't want to well, that's true yeah I, I i enjoyed my time in st peter's but i did get what well whatever about the fact that it's the center of the ferns report and that there was a lot of abuse in my school i did not experience any abuse uh but I did get 
phys- uh, sorry, sexual abuse, but I did get hit a fair few times, and the atmosphere certainly wasn't what I would consider possibly the more nurturing education atmosphere of, uh, of modern times. Yeah, I can't imagine what it would be like to be in school now. Did I ever tell you that I got the strap? Did I ever tell you that? I don't... No, I don't think so. We used to get the strap. This is, I think... I think some Irish listeners may... Actually, I opened my first DVD with a story about the fact that we used to get hit. But for those that don't know, um, sometimes one of the priests... I won't even name him, even though I named him in my DVD. He had this leather welt. It was literally... This leather thing had no purpose other than punishment. It like literally like must have been purchased from a sex shop because it's like, <laughs> what is the purpose of this yeah. sort of this slab of leather? <laughs> Who makes this other, shit? <laughs> yeah, like other than to whack kids on the hands. Yeah. So uh, at certain times, uh, always after four, so if school finished at four, there was this thing. I don't even know if it was true, but like whenever you ask like, why are they allowed to hit us? They would say, oh, after four o'clock, they're allowed to hit us because they're our guardians. You know, they're like oh, our shit. legal guardians after, after school. Oh, my God. So it wasn't during school hours that this happened? It was always after, yeah. Like, wow. he would never use the leather belt during school, but the welt, you know? But, um, I mean, there were numerous times we got hit. I remember one time, I guess, I don't know, I must have ripped like a, like, like a, a champion fart or something. Because, <laughs> like, in, so, you know, you had study hall from... 6.30 to 8 and 8.30 to 10 every night. So you had your, your, your tea, as they called it. Your evening meal was at 5.30. And then study started at, at 6.30. And then you got a break from 8 to 8.30, then 8.30 to 10. So you're sitting in study hall. You're in your fucking teenage years. And you just love making people laugh. And even though study hall was great because I just studied so much more than I would have had it been at home. You'd be sitting in study hall sharing. You know, we used to have the two people desks. So yes. like be me and another guy on a bench and then we both had our own, you could raise up the old wooden desk and there'd be shit inside, Classic. which always disgusted me because like Irish kids would always have like fucking empty bags of Monster Munch and Tato and the fuck, <laughs> it was disgusting. So uh, anyway, the, if you could rip a really good one, not only would it be loud, but the guy that was on the seat with you could feel the vibrations, which was fucking hilarious to us when we were teenagers. You know, we used to, so sometimes like my friend would fart and you couldn't hear it, but I'd be like, I fucking felt that you fucking prick. And then like two <laughs> seconds later, you would smell it. Right. So anyway, I must've ripped like, like a real winner. And, uh, I got, I got put up to the front on my knees as a punishment by whatever teacher was looking over study hall that night. And one time Butler came in and he saw me on my knees on the front of the thing and was like, right, I'll be back in a minute. And he ran uh, well, he didn't run, but he left. And then the, the, the sound of his footsteps coming back up the hall fucking haunts me to this day. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, fuck, man. God damn it. I know what he's gone to get. And lo and behold, he comes back with the fucking welt. And in front of everybody, I had to put my hands out. And he gave me two on each hand. And the only good news was I was then allowed to sit down. But that was the atmosphere that we were educated Jesus in. Christ, man. Yeah, it's brutal. So the, and they made you sit on your knees on a concrete floor, basically, at the top of the class, was it? Or sorry, just kneel, sorry, on your... Yeah, I just had to kneel. Oh, that's you know? painful. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do, bro? It was, it was the early 90s Catholic school education, you know? But my... my... Once, I wasn't, once, once I wasn't on my knees in Father Collins' office, exactly. he's dead now, so I'll say what I want about that prick, but he was one of the main three priests in the fucking oh, furniture Christ. board. He went to jail that ass. He went to fucking jail, Father Jesus, Collins. sick fuck. He was my principal, Slinky. 
But my but, da- uh, my dad used to get when he was in school in Cork way back. He used to get the um the shaft of a golf club. They used to take the head off it. Oh and yeah, you get the a, shaft, a real whip. Of, yeah, across the back of the legs. But so he he obviously experienced that cruelty. But then when he was parenting us in the nineties, me and my brother used to get the fucking wooden spoon on the hands and the arse and all. <laughs> so it's like fucking oh, yeah. hell. <laughs> well, we used to get hit by my mom, but like the the whole thing was like corporal punishment was illegal in school. Right. So it was a great shock to me that he was still getting hit in Ireland. But we used to get the the like a broken Hurley or a full Hurley. We used to get like on the back of our legs all the time. But that was almost like it's funny how times have changed. Like that was almost like playful. Like for example, like if we were late for study hall or something. That was flirting. <laughs> if we were late for study hall, so we'd be like running up the hall and Butler be like, "Come on, right, you're late, you're late." And like as we're passing, he'd fucking whack us in the fucking legs as we we're passing. But like we didn't even consider that corporate punishment. We wouldn't consider that like fucking funny because if you missed it you know if you managed to like dodge it <laughs> yeah he yeah. wouldn't like chase you down and try to hit you again <laughs> so to me that was kind of like yeah, yeah. funny and you know you know it's fucked up it's like whatever we make fun of millennials we make fun of gen z's for being a bit soft and like but like people got to understand and I, this is no i'm not i'm not an apologist for ignorant behavior but you got to understand like even though i'm i'm 44 i was born in 1975 like i i was raised in a very different way like it was completely normal to think it was funny Yes. To fucking get smacked by a priest with a Hurley. Yeah. Like, we did not consider that abuse. We thought it was fucking funny to try to block Father Butler whacking us with a hurl. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it was hilarious. Yeah, you can't... The, the you leather... Can't. The leather. Go ahead, Steve. No, I was just going to say, yeah, you, people judge history, things that happened in the past on today's standards. Like, you just can't do it. It was just normal. It was like... No, but also just like... God forgive me if sometimes my humor can be a bit harsh. I've oh, come yeah. from a fucking harsher time. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. a product of my uh, a product of my environment. Of course. But I remember another time, we uh, so so Butler was like away one Sunday night, and they got Jimmy Dog was his nickname. He's dead now. Lovely guy. He was like just really into the arts, and he was just a character. But he was the assistant principal of the school. And he was not a disciplinarian. In fact, he was the opposite of a disciplinarian. It was like, if you wanted to get away from the madness, you just fucking hang out with Jimmy Dog. He was just like a cool guy, you know? Yeah. Smoke like a smoke like a trooper. And uh, so he was looking after us that night. So, of course, like, fucking Jimmy Dog's looking after us. Like, we do whatever the fuck we want. So, like, a whole, a whole load of us snuck down to the Tower Bar on the main street in Wexford Town. Ooh. And... Decided to go for a few pints. And my recollection is that I wasn't drinking at the time because I used to go on and off the booze because I was so tragic. But it was it turned out to be karaoke night. Now, I used to stay with my, my cousins for the first two years, but this was actually my final year in 1993. So I used to stay at the weekends with the Kiernans. God rest them. They're both dead now. Dominic Kiernan and Betty Kiernan. It's so sad. They were such lovely people, especially Betty. I mean, Betty was like one of my Irish moms. I've got a few different Irish moms throughout my life, but Betty, Betty was one of them. Anyway... I had left their house at whatever it was, six thirty, seven o'clock, to go to boarding school on, on the Sunday night. I would just walk. They lived very close. And uh, then I, we met up with the lads, and we snuck down to the Tower Bar, right? So walking is fucking karaoke night. Now, I can't stay away from a stage with a mic that you're allowed to fucking get onto. So I immediately sign up to sing New York, New York, and fucking karaoke, right? <laughs> so I'm fucking belting out New York, New York, and who walks up to the fucking front of the, the stage... 
but Dominic Kiernan, my fucking guardian, who only an hour and a half before had said, have a good week in school, right? He fucking looks at me, you know, and he gives me like the slow clap, right? <laughs> so I just fucking, I just like doubled down. I just gave it the best. Before. I, I figured, fuck it, I'm caught now, so I might as well steal the show. Anyway, the reason why I tell that story is that uh, we went back and not that we all got caught, but it was a known fact that a ton of us were down at the tower bar and I had already been suspended for sneaking out. So like I was really on, I was on edge, right? So most guys admitted it, but I admit, I did not admit it. Now, nobody was saying to me like, you should own up, but the whole thing was like, unless everybody admits it, you guys are getting a fucking strap. Right. But I never fucking admitted it because I, I honestly, I think I would have been expelled. That's right. the truth. So I couldn't admit it. And I wasn't actually getting any pressure from anybody to admit it. But we did all get the fucking strap, probably mostly for me, you know? So that particular time, because not everybody admitted it, he gave the strap to every fucking senior on the dorm. Like, loads of them that oh, did my, not go. They weren't even there. Yeah, they were all taking a beating for me. Now, they didn't, nobody was thinking they were taking it for me. They were thinking loads of people didn't yeah, own up, so there was yeah. no, like, pressure on me. But the whole fucking dorm got the strap. And I just remember it. He actually started on the other side of me. But when I say other side, I mean like right across the hall, which was very narrow, probably three or four feet. So I heard the initial slaps like really loud, but he didn't then cross over to me. He went all the way down the other side, quite a long hall. And then he came all the way back up. So I went from hearing the, the loud intensity of the pain to like a faint pain and then slowly heard the power of the pain come back. And I'm one of the last because I'm B. I'm Bishop. And actually, the guy across from me was Ender Brady, who is now the fucking Sky News correspondent, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Ender Brady can verify this story, right? So Ender Brady is a fucking, he's across from me, right? And he was the first guy. I'm Bishop on the other side of him, right? And Tim Bennett, who was actually one on from me because, anyway, I won't get into the logistics but it was tim bennett and me on one side and ender brady was the first b on the other side right and it finally got fucking back up to me and i'll never fuck it that one hurt more than any of the other ones but it was hilarious because <laughs> it just went like from from a loud kind of like fucking oh jesus father fuck you know like down to like fuck jesus father oh god no and then finally it was back to me and i was like fuck you you fucking cocksucker <laughs> anyway man that was oh my school. god and he, was that on your bare arse or where was he hitting you? No, nah, it was always on the hands. On the hands. The, okay. be- the, the leather welt on the fucking hands. And people were, re- were re- reacting out loud. That's very funny. Of course they were acting out loud. It was really sore. <laughs> was oh, like, Jesus Sorry, Christ, you're Father. Killing me. You're killing me hands, Father. Like, my fucking hands are killing me. Like, you know? <laughs> the fucking Wexford accent. Like, it's all farmers from Wexford. Like, be large, yeah. Be large, yeah. Your, fucking, your hands are fucking killing me, you know? <laughs> fucking leave me alone, Father, will you? <laughs> I tell you, you heard that a lot. Oh, my like, God. Leave me alone, Father. Leave me alone, Father, will you? Fuck's sake. Square fucking sore, like. <laughs> anyway, Jesus Christ. Irish Those I are the times, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, never got any of that. I got my hair pulled a few times. That was it. But Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. You wouldn't want to go into fucking St. Peter's with that fucking hair you had? No, I wouldn't be gay. <laughs> Not a fucking hope. I'm fucked for the next six weeks anyway. But, um... Yeah, yeah, so I, good, I feel like I'm, I'm, I've gotten, I've gotten really obsessed with the American election. I can't fucking. You get hooked, all right, man. But you I can't, I can't, I can't leave it alone now, man. It's kill, it's driving me insane. I watched a bit of CNN and Fox, and it's like, yeah, they fucking hook you in, all right. 
It's uh, well, I go back and forth between Fox and, and CNN, but Fox is just like obsessed with Hunter Biden, and Hunter Biden doesn't yeah. exist on any of the other channels. They actually had a load of um, uh, Trump voters on Joe Duffy today. It was a great combo. Really? <laughs> yeah. Irish Trump supporters? Uh, yeah. Well, some Americans resident in Ireland who had the vote. Um, some one lad was living in Mayo, and some people were calling in from Boston as well. So yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. I would have went on, except that they were trying to get me on last week to fucking talk about travels, and I wasn't fucking getting involved in that shit. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, so, yeah, it was um, yeah, it was, in- it was interesting. But, yeah, they pr- pretty much for the first 45 minutes, it was all Trump voters. But, yeah, they were what all... What were they saying? They were all on about, yeah, Biden's young fella. It's like, Joe's yeah, like... Yeah, nobody cares. What the fuck? Exactly. He's like, but, but his name's not on the ballot bill, you know? <laughs> yeah, but not only that, like, this shit's been out for ages. Like, first of all, you know, the, the Trump. The problem is that Trump can't really push that because his own like. There's clearly so much corruption on the Trump side that why yeah. are you even trying to get into corruption? They're running dodgy charges on his side, weren't they? Yeah, but number two, there's been investigation after investigation into this shit, and not like it's not a real thing. Yeah, they're just making it up. And even the Wall Street Journal couldn't like the Wall Street Journal is not a fucking liberal paper. And in the end, they were like, "This is bullshit." Yeah, they had an op-ed, they had an opinion piece where somebody tried to like you know, dish the dirt on Hunter Biden. But the paper itself was like, no, this is not a thing. This is yeah. not, you can't verify this shit. It's just political hit jobs, you know? Yeah. So people aren't buying that shit. Plus the media are way more savvy now because they went so deep into Hillary's emails, which turned out to be nothing, Yeah. that they're being smart this time, not fucking, you know, not, not taking the bait on some, some bullshit scandal that won't be a thing yeah. in a couple of weeks. And what's the feeling in general in, in where you're at at the moment? It feels it's like it's to know. I mean... It's not it, 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 so. Everything. Sorry, I, I coincidentally enough, by the way, why my face is going red and yeah, pink I just noticed yellow, that. Yeah, yeah, is because I have CNN on ah, like, silent the on glow. silent. Okay. Yeah, like like we're turning this into like a fucking proper news podcast. The fucking the, <laughs> the screens are running with yeah, information. Yeah, the background right? people, people run, runners running around in the background and everything. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know. Everything I'm reading. So here's what I did, right? Yesterday, this is how nerdy I'm getting. Yesterday, I saw a tweet which said, listen to this polling podcast from the week of the election 2016 and realize how this whole narrative of how wrong the polls were Mm. is bullshit. The the polls? Okay. So like, in other words, the polls got it wrong but not by as much as people like to say people like to say that trump was written off but like for example 538 so 538 is that you know this polling site that nate silver's site that you know everybody says is the most reliable 538 gave trump a 33 percent chance of winning in 2016 so people love saying oh nate silver why are you talking now you got it so wrong in 2016 but he actually didn't you know 33 percent is a decent chance for trump to win especially when you factor in what they discovered after 2016 was that they didn't factor in the education level of white voters enough. And that was the thing that really skewed the thing. But now, now they very much factor in, you know, they learned from 2016, but even in terms of how wrong they were, most polls were within the margin of error. Trump didn't fucking run away with it. He didn't even win the popular vote. Right. So it was all within the margin of error. You know, mm. and nothing was more than four points wrong. The big, the big areas that they were wrong were Pennsylvania and the Midwestern states, right? Michigan mm. and Wisconsin Michigan, specifically. Yeah. So they, you know, it, it, 
that there was those there were four points wrong on those three states, which is really where they fucked up in terms of being wrong. But it wasn't that wrong, okay? Plus, the, this thing that really surprised me was I didn't realize in 2016. That, that final week and a half, even before the Comey thing came out about reopening the investigation into Hillary's emails, the polls had started to tighten like quite considerably quite quickly. So the polls had started to factor in that something was amiss or something, you know, something was changing mm. in people's minds. Trump got late momentum, which the polls had started to factor in by the time of the election. They hadn't caught up. So they were wrong, but they weren't that wrong. So the reason why I bring that up is... This the week. polls right now yeah. have been very stable. And they have, Biden has maintained a lead, which is quite large nationally, but within the swing states isn't massive. However, it's large enough to even factor in the amount of mistake that was made in 2016. Not to mention, they have not tightened at all, really. There's been no significant tightening even since the last debate. So... Because of 2016, it's hard to relax, but it does feel like Biden should win. However, it's impossible not to be freaking out. Is part of that, do you think, because it like, isn't it like over 30 million people have already done the postal vote? Is that part of why they think the polling might be a bit more stable? Well, people seem to suggest that the, the fact that people have voted early uh, favors the Democrats because it appears to be from from polling that people who have already voted have voted sort of two-thirds for Democrats, right? But I, I don't even know... What I'm talking about doesn't really factor that in as much as just general polling because don't right. forget, Trump snuck it in 2016. And now he's not an outsider. People know what he's like. And truth be told, he hasn't done a great job. I didn't think he did a great job before COVID, but COVID has been a total fucking debacle. Oh, yeah, yeah. And as much as he likes to pretend that it hasn't been, it has definitely changed. I mean, anecdotally, I know that it's changed the minds of a lot of people who are like pro-Trump. And that's just from like the old guys I play golf with and stuff. Like most of them, except for the diehards, have turned on Trump. Really? Completely. Yeah, because they're worried about COVID. Yeah, I'm fascinated by because I, I was hearing it was it was actually good to hear the Trump supporters today who are still for him because to hear their point of view, and they're still like the guys that rang up on Joe Duffy Day are still in in love with him and still like. But what are they trying to say he did? Because he so yeah, they're happy. Economy. They're well, yeah, the the economy. They're happy about the drop in the corporation tax because they they don't want to be a socialist state. And I, I for me personally, as a person who would always have voted socialist, I find that fascinating that that's such a filthy word in the u.s it seems know, yeah it's a filthy word and they're proud of being a capitalist state like it's but like just for the record obama tried to lower the corporation tax and the republicans blocked him yeah you know so like they don't even you know whatever but that's fine though i mean when, when trump lowered the corporation tax i thought this will be interesting if less money leaves the country but i don't believe that they've seen any increase in no. corporate tax take no and that's what joe, joe said as well like they think that i uh, see it's all how you sell it, isn't it? Like they think, oh, because the corporation tax is lowered, way more jobs have come out for workers, et cetera, et cetera. They're really happy how the economy is doing. But facts and figures are all over the shop. Um, but I've just noticed, by the way, that you and I are both talking on a red mic and a blue mic like it's Fox yeah, versus man. CNN. Yeah. Patriotic. <laughs> so uh, 
Obama, I tell you, Obama came out the last couple of days, man. Fuck when he speaks, you're like, why can't we just have this guy go again? Yeah. Like yeah. he's so sharp. He's so funny. Yeah. What would he say yesterday or this morning? He said, uh, you know, Trump says he can stand up to dictate. Oh, it's stand up to, to dictators. Uh, how can he stand up to a dictator when he thinks Leslie Stahl is a bully? You know, because his 60 Minutes interview was fucking terrible. I just, yes, I didn't see the full thing because the Guardian just posted a one minute clip of him leaving, essentially. So I didn't really look into it. So what happened I, there? I mean, listen, they, the way Trump gets annoyed at a line of questioning that would be considered really fucking gentle yeah. on RT Radio 1. And, uh, you know, I'm no great defender of RT Radio, but like... They're very good with politicians. You know, more yes. often than not, they're fucking robust. They come yes. at them. They don't let them away with bullshit answers. Yes. Obviously, politicians are good at, you know, you know, pushing, trying to, trying to not answer the question. You know, they filibuster and all that stuff. But, like, at the end of the day, like, these interviews are tough. Like, yes. BBC interviews are fucking tough. This 60 Minutes interview was not that tough. I mean, she had said to him at the beginning, like, are you ready for some tough questions? Yeah, that's what he like, didn't like, apparently, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that's bullshit. That's just at the end. It's like, that's how you started it. That's not a nice way to start yeah, it. Yeah. It's like, Trump, just fucking, these are simple questions. Just have an answer for them. Yeah. I know the fucking questions she's going to ask you. I know she's going to ask you about fucking COVID. She's going to ask you about what are you going to do for jobs. She's going to ask you about foreign policy. Just fucking have questions ready to answer them. Yeah. But he doesn't have the... He just starts fucking battling back on the question or complaining that Biden doesn't get his tough questions. I've seen interviews with Biden, right? Some people can argue he doesn't get his tough questions. But part of the reason why it doesn't get combative with Biden is because he answers the fucking questions that are asked. Yeah. He actually answers them. Yeah. You it's know, and when he doesn't answer them, he's got his bullshit politician way of not answering them. And then sometimes they come at, at him and either he takes, you know, either he, he responds to being pushed or he continues to be a politician. But at the end of the day, Trump keeps trying to say, I'm not a politician. I'm not a politician. You've been president of the United States for nearly four years. You're a fucking politician. Learn how to do the fucking job. But isn't it part of the culture within the media? Like it's all so polarized. It's all about what team you're on. It's all what side you're on. Like RT, BBC, they have a duty on behalf of the nation because they're public, you know, government, uh, publicly funded that it's your job to question these people so that that culture is there do you know what i mean yeah but with fox there, versus also, cnn it's just like what team are you on yeah and it's like today today i turn on fox and actually i'm trying to find fox right now because i'm not in my 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 i've, I've forgotten my uh the my 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 no yeah my fucking <laughs> numbers oh, 46 so uh fox today just like in terms of like how desperate they are to find something positive for trump they fucking put up, a, 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 you know, on the headline, Google reports massive increase in can I change my vote uh, searches after Hunter Biden allegations. It's like... Oh, give it a like, rest. Yeah, like whether that's true or not about people saying, can I change my vote? How the fuck do you know why it is? How do you know why it is? How do you know it's not Trump people going, I've seen that 60 Minutes interview. This guy's a fucking, this guy's a soft touch. That's You know what I mean? Like, how the fuck do you know? I can't get over as well, though, from watching both those channels, how you are actually allowed to advertise for what party that you're for. That, to me, is fucking nuts. But that's just the difference in the culture as well. Well, well, yeah, but see, it's 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 not illegal. It's illegal in Ireland. I know, but rightly so. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? That's what's fucking crazy about it. I know, yeah. It's, it's, um... You're not allowed in Ireland to take a position, is my understanding. Yeah. No. Oh, well, right now it's Fox News with Neil Cavuto. So he's actually kind of, he's quite centrist. Like, actually, I pref- when it's the news guys on Fox News, I actually prefer watching Fox News because CNN can be a bit fucking ridiculous, mm. you know? So Trump is just there saying Biden wants to send your jobs to China. I mean, that's all they got, <laughs> you know? And then they got Hunter Biden, you know? And then they got, Je- they had fucking 
they had uh, Donald Trump Jr. on fucking Fox today complaining about Hunter Biden's corruption. It's like, mate, fucking the Trump organization got busted for taking charity money. Yeah, I know. They're not even allowed to be a registered charity anymore because you got caught robbing charity money. (laughs) I mean, these people are so disgusting, you know? Oh, man. But anyway, whatever. There's a load of fucking people with no masks at the Trump rally, you know? I mean, listen, the truth is, if, 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 if rational discourse is correct... The big issue for this election is COVID, right? Now, sometimes they get that wrong. Like, for example, like when there was a green wave in Europe, right? They kind of missed the fact that the big issue was green issues, right? Mm. And suddenly a load of green party members or people that cared about the environment got, you know, people missed that. You know, people missed that in Ireland, the local elections. I don't know if you remember that, but there was like a local election where green party went fucking nuts. And uh, so you miss that. So the assumption is that the big issue on this is COVID. If they're wrong about that, and the big issue is the economy and that they think Trump is better for the economy when COVID is over, or if people have lockdown fatigue and they just like the fact that Trump is just ignoring it, then great, you know? Mm. Uh, That's great for Trump. But I don't think they're wrong. I think people do really care about COVID, and I, I... I think that Trump has really fucked it up. And the fact that it's now spiking, not to mention that the market is tanking the last two days, uh, I, I, I think that it, it's, it's good news for Biden. Right. And it's weird because I'm not that excited about Biden. No, but it's hard to get he excited hasn't, about. <laughs> he hasn't fucked up, you know? That's the thing. Like, obviously, when he was, like, on fucking Zoom calls and just, like, hiding out in the earlier part of the pandemic, earlier in the campaign... You started to get worried, like, oh shit, man, is this guy like on the decline yeah. and they're hiding him? Yeah. I, I was worried that they were hiding him. That's but what that's what Trump calls him, isn't it? Hashtag yeah, but they Joe still, Hiden. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that they're still saying that, but he's out there, man. Yeah. And they're trying to make fun of the size of his rallies. He's invited twenty people to stand in circles. He, he's not trying to do big rallies. No, yeah, he, of course. He's actually the the fact that you're advertising that there's nobody's at his rallies is what he wants you fucking advertising. Yeah. He wants you letting people know that He's, He's not fucking risking spreading yeah. COVID like you have. You literally had it. You spread it around the fucking White House. You know, and, and o- Obama is doing a great job at pointing that shit out. It's like, yeah. how can he save you from getting COVID? He couldn't even save himself. Yeah. You know, he couldn't even stop it getting into the White House. I know, you know? But I will say, I will say that Biden has been better than I expected he was going to be. But that is, from a, that is from a low base. And then when you see somebody like Obama coming out, you think like somebody with 30% of the uh, the capacity to articulate himself and and the energy that Obama has 30% of that I would have been happy with. I mean Biden is about 15% of that. I just don't know how we got stuck with Biden. But at the same time, he's a great guy. I I, I think he's pretty genuine and I think he's going to get it over the line. And I lo- I love Kamala Harris as well. Yeah, you know, I mean she's whatever. I, I think like she'll do a good job. I, I, I haven't focused yeah, I haven't focused on her that much. But she's 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 pretty solid. You know, yeah. she's pretty solid. I like Elizabeth Warren, you know. I mean Bernie's been out there. You know, so we'll see. But I mean I've been obsessed. I mean, he drives me absolutely fucking insane. But I, I just can't oh, I was really disappointed, man. I was on Facebook and these girls I went to grammar school with, I mean, I was friends with them. I'm still friends with them. They came to my show a couple of years ago. But they were at a fucking rally for Trump in in New York. Like, not Trump wasn't there, but they were at like one of these like oh, parades wow. in New York. Wow, with their kids, with their kids. Oh yeah, I know, man. I was like, shit. Yeah, pa- shit. yeah. I don't get. I don't agree with those types of ethics getting kids involved. And we were talking about this, and 
with people the other day were like, I kind of do miss the days of where, certainly when I was a kid in Ireland, it was disrespectful to talk about who you voted for. You t- you had conversations about politics, especially what was going on in the North, but you never said who you're voting for. I remember asking my dad and he was just like, mind your own business, that's a private matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm voting for fucking Biden. Yeah, <laughs> this day, uh, November third. That 3rd, shit of bringing your kids week, out and that rallies. Isn't it this not... day next week or is it November fourth? I better fucking check. Uh, it's because, this day next uh, week. Yeah, yeah. yeah Whatever date that week. is. I'm, I'm, I'm voting for fucking Biden, man. No fucking way. No, no, nothing but Biden all day. I'm voting here. That's my weird. Building, your kids. My building has a has a, a polling station. I'm fucking voting for Biden. Nice. So anyway, the, 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 what we said we'd talk about today. Oh, oh! by the way, I forgot to say this right at the beginning, which is very embarrassing. Um, I actually did an interview with Jason Byrne. Yes, you were telling me about that. Which is going up on this app. I'll, I think I'll, I'll say it in an intro on my own. But How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I, uh, it was, I was flustered. Because I woke up and uh, Jason had texted me. So I, I said I would, I would interview Jay at 6 because he, he, he needed to do the morning. So 6 a.m. New York time, 11 a.m. Irish time. So I set my alarm for 5.45. When I woke up, there was a text from Jay being like, have you sent the link yet? And I was like, oh, shit, did the clock go back already? It hadn't. It has since. But So I was like, fuck, did the clock go back? Has he been waiting for me for 45 minutes to send him a fucking link? But he was like, no, 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 whatever. I need to be done by 12. Do you want to do it later? I was like, no, no, no. That, this is more than enough time. But then I was fucking racing around, getting the Zoom ready, getting my fucking microphone ready. You never ready. wrap those t- cables up neat days. And then Jason doesn't have like a Zoom H6. So I had to get the recording off of the, the Zoom on the computer. And I had everything. And I, fucking, I was like 40 minutes into the conversation. I realized I never pressed record on the fucking oh, computer. Oh, God. Oh, no. Fuck. I've done it myself. But I haven't, I hadn't promoted his book yet, which was the main reason why. Well, he, he didn't ask me to come on to promote his book. I asked him, would you like to come on and promote the book? So we, I got that and I got a, a bit of chat about how he's been since his dad died. 
which is coming up now shortly. But I did fuck up and and, and miss a lot of it. Oh, I know. oh well, it's, it's terrible. But before we introduce I, that, a Des and Jay, Jason Byrne podcast is always great. Can I just say because it's actually one of my favorite episodes. You probably won't remember. Uh, when uh, I was sitting on the couch with him outside yes. Edinburgh, yeah, that was <laughs> so, great. He was great. That was such a great episode, and the two lads coming along rapping Scottish. Yes, <laughs> I know, and I fucked up, man. I should have kept the podcast going back in those days. That was a mistake, you know. I lost momentum, but anyway, uh, I mean, we don't even need to say anything because that we've got quite a bit. But uh, I wanted to talk to you about how COVID has has changed any of your thinking long term, you know. Oh, big like, time. My, <laughs> I mean, we need another the hour. Fact that you're back in school and the fact that I'm fucking living with my girlfriend. Like, what was I? I was joking with somebody. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I've been writing this this pitch for this yes. series, which has taken a, a long time. A lot of back and forth with notes, right? Uh-huh. So the showrunner we were working with got a little pissed off at how long it was taking. Not at us, just more like on the... on. It doesn't matter anyway, right? But... Afterwards, we got on the phone and I was joking and I was saying like, you know, one of the characters in this series is like a guy in his 40s that never wants to settle down, uh, a bit of a Peter Pan. And I said, we've been doing this fucking thing so long. When we first started working on this pitch, I was very like the fucking main character, a guy in his 40s never wants to settle down. And now we still haven't fucking finished the pitch and I'm living with my fucking girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Peter Pan no more. But anyway, that is a big... That is a big COVID switch. I mean, I wouldn't be in this situation if it wasn't for COVID. So, other, so, not, true. so you've gone back to school. Mm. Do you think there's going to be more? Do you think there's going to be more residue from this extended period of time? Oh, yeah. Like just things like uh, I was talking to another fellow comedian today who we've kind of in the same boat where we've both gone back to education. But like just little things where I'm at in my life. Like I don't know, for example, it's a big thing to say in public, but I don't know if I'll, if I'll go back to stand up at all, you know, because it's not. What? Yeah, it's I. I don't know. I, I don't know how that how that works its way out. Or well, you fucking Hannah Gatsby. You know you're not going to fucking stick to that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, bro. It's just uh, even if I look at my time now, for example, like because my missus is studying as well, so we're juggling parenting and studying at the same time to throw comedy on top of that like i don't know if i'm getting i I think i just realized i've been getting away with murder for about four years there going off doing the road (laughs) doing gigs and all that kind of stuff and now she's like now it's my turn motherfucker (laughs) oh shit oh man i don't i don't like this because i think you're too talented to give it up oh i don't know i don't i would never say give up but i just don't know how like i don't think i'll go back after um I, i don't know how i come back you know i don't know how how that works out and you know, the industries, like, we're in diff- very different places in our careers as well, you know, so I don't have as much time to, you have to be selfish to kind of really push it, it is, don't you? It is, it's tough. You've got to be kid. selfish. It is tough, bro. you know, especially when, especially when you've, essentially, you've started it. The majority of your career has been with a child. Yes, yeah. So, like, it's one thing if you, like, were established, you met yes. somebody, she met a comedian, and... You know, it was your routine was gigging, but th- this is something that's evolved early on. Yeah. You know, so it feels in a way like maybe this isn't the thing that's going to be perfect for this. Maybe not long term, but I, I just I think there will be a part of the reason of going back to study would be like, for ex- like, I would love to be a better critical thinker. And I, I'm already getting a lot of confidence in my thinking and stuff like that. And that will manifest itself down the line in loads of different ways. And maybe it's just um, I'm a bit quieter on the stand up for the next few years. And then, and then I can, you know 
commit to it again or something. But you have to do the road and you have to do the social media and you have to do like it's a lot of time and a lot of work. And but I got to be a dad as well, you know. <laughs> and um, and so yeah, so we'll see. I don't know, but I'm, I'm just very I'm very open to whatever happens. You know, I'm not being too negative or down about it. I'm very I'm loving studying, man. I'm shocked at how much I love. Really? It. Yeah, yeah. I'm shocked. I think it's overdue. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think I wanted to do it for a long time, and I just didn't have the opportunity. I was, I was thinking, I was walking down the road today, going, "Why didn't my parents just fucking give me a year off, and then I go back and do my leaving cert, and then go?" I know, but I just like got shoved onto the building sites. You know, <laughs> hindsight's twenty twenty, man. I know, like when I was fucking learning Chinese and learning Irish, like in a year, completely fluent, exactly. I was like, how the fuck was I not? You know, how did somebody not guide me better in my education? Exactly. Clearly, I'm yeah. fucking intelligent. Like, what yes. the fuck was going on? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I, I uh, yeah, 100% agree. I know. But you know what, bro? The fucking hormones, man. Like, it's yes. just great to go back to education minus the fucking hormones and yes. the distraction of youth. I tell you what, it's better being on Zoom as well because you're guaranteed to try and you'll end up hooking up with someone in your class and, you know, all that shit. So. But no, bro, you can't fucking, you can't No, I can't. That. I know. <laughs> I'm joking. Dave. Well, yeah, if you're fucking Jeffrey Tubin, you fucking choke one out while you're on the Zoom. <laughs> Who's Jeffrey Tubin? Oh, you admit that was last week's episode. All right. <laughs> That's um, a good name, though. <laughs> Jeffrey Tubin whacking one out yeah. on the Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, we talked about that last week with Joanne, but yeah, he got caught. Anyway, that doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, no, it's cool, man. I mean, I, that was one thing, like I, I think I said to you before, I thought about going back to Trinity, doing a China thing, but yes. that was the thing when I was back in this learning environment of learning Chinese, like you do start to get into that frame of mind of like a bit more of a structured life. However, yeah. I will say that most likely when things open up a bit and you start gigging again, the you won't. Yeah. find it as easy to just be like yeah i'm gonna change it yeah simon o'keefe was saying that the other day i bumped into it was like yeah i was kind of going hey, i'm not really missing it but he said and it's a good point yeah there's nothing to miss because it doesn't exist but it would be different if it was all going on and you weren't able to do it it would be i'm on the telly right now by the way i just somebody just messaged me i'm on fucking rt1 right now not oh really with, with joanne doing high road low road oh bro i me and the family sat down watching that man did we laugh that was great <laughs> yeah well you know I was just going to say, though, that, you know, you're doing... So what are you studying in school again? So this is the Trinity Access course, so it's just... No, I know, but what what, what kind of... Uh, I'm doing English literature, philosophy, psychology, statistics, history, and uh, I can't remember, communications, world... See, I think you of... should use the podcast sometimes as a way to, like, revise. I'll totally so I think doing you should, I'm totally I think you should it. take. I think you should take a subject... Yes. From one of your weeks, and we'll discuss it, because I'd be into that, too. Okay, yeah, I knew you would, because I was actually, when we were texting earlier on today, the the social psychology stuff is actually interesting when you look yeah, at... Well, you joked about me. You joked with me and said, yeah. once we don't talk about social yeah, psychology... Yeah, because I knew you'd do it. <laughs> no, we're going to do it, bro. Yeah, we can do it. Social psychology, like, we I'm basically writing, one of the experiments I'm writing about is uh, Stanley Milgram, who was a New York Jew, 1963. He did this experiment, I think it was around the time that the Nuremberg trials were coming out and all the nazis who were being questioned about their war crimes were just basically their answer to everything of like why did you kill so many people was just like well i was just following orders so his his experiment was uh because the theory of historians was was like oh the, the germans are different but he was like no i bet i bet this is in anybody i bet if you tested that in anybody everybody would be obedient and end up hurting other people so um he did this experiment whereby um there was a, the learner and the teacher, but you didn't know that what the teacher didn't know was that the learner was actually in on the whole act. 
um, he was with Stanley Milgram's experiment and the teacher had to teach certain things to the learner and every time the learner got it wrong he had to give an electric shock the learner was in the other room and all he would hear is ow or whatever and it would get worse and get worse and get worse until uh, the point the teacher would go I don't want to do this anymore and the experimenter who was the authoritative figure would say keep going and and basically 65% of people kept torturing the person kept doing the electric shocks harder more voltage more voltage more voltage wow yeah yeah now what was the criticism afterwards of that ex- experiment did, 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 did people accept that it meant that people would follow orders or did people sort of question the methodology well there's there's, there's definitely questions on ethics because because the person who was the teacher was a participant who didn't understand that that's what the experiment was about. He was told it was about something else. He was told it was a learning experiment. Yes. So he. So that's yes. unethical because somebody actually. Whereas a German, a Nazi soldier in a concentration camp knows that he's he's you know maybe moving people along a line exactly. into a gas chamber. Or whatever. And there's all sorts of different types of results came from if you were able to see the person that was getting shocked. You know all these different factors also. It was about obedience and about obeying authoritative figures. So because there was a man in a white coat saying, keep going, that was was what the measurement was of. And the guy who suffered the most in it, there's a famous video of it. He was just a working class guy from Jersey who worked in a a factory or whatever. So he was like, I I I think I killed a guy in there. And he was just like, keep going. So then he's just like, God damn it. But he keeps going. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. But the guy who was with glasses and he just goes, I don't care about your experiment. I'm not. Yeah, but he would also assume he would also assume because it's a learning experiment that nobody's getting killed. So there would be an assumption of safety, right? Uh, uh, Yeah, but they they trick you on that as well. They oh, right. they give you a test electric shock beforehand so you can see what it feels like and uh yeah it's a, it's a fascinating thing. And but you know, it's 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 very easy to understand this concept of feeling like you'd be the fucking noble one because of course. how many times in your life have you been in a situation where a social situation where perhaps somebody is saying something inappropriate. Exactly. Who, nobody really rises up and challenges the guy. You kind of mm. laugh it off. You try to pretend it's not yes. happening. So it's very easy for circumstance to change your fucking, your morals. Oh, you totally, know? totally. So, so I, I can understand this guy's experiment, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I can never, people ask that question all the time. Like if you were in Germany, do you think you would have taken part? And it's like, of course you're going to say no way, you mm. know? But you'll never really know. You don't know if you grew up in a German home. and you Yeah, were, you just don't know. And yeah. the, you, you can never understand the atmosphere of that time. Exactly. You know, I would like to think that I'd be part of the resistance. Oh, you know, the only evidence I, I could go on is the fact that my mother was, you know, very sort of liberal and cared about homeless people. You know, like, so we always kind of root for the underdog. So you would assume that perhaps we would have leaned towards, you know, uh, caring. But, mm. you, you know, you, you can never say for certain. And thank God... I haven't had to. <laughs> Thank God we don't live at a time, although it does feel like it's getting closer but those, uh, to the, a time those, where society might be m- so divided that some fucked up shit will happen. Yeah. But those social experiments happened in the 60s, and they were influenced by, histor- by um, experiments that happened in the early 1900s, which was known as classical conditioning, which was uh, teaching uh, conditioning organisms, mainly animals, the pigeons and rats at the time, to uh, have a biological response to something that was conditioned in them. So, like a dog sees food, for example, that's the famous one, the dog sees food. Yeah, the Pavlovian one. Pavlovian, exactly. He salivates straight away. But they conditioned it to to, uh, to the sound of a metronome. To the bell. Oh, to a metronome. Metronome, that any time the metronome went, he would start to salivate. So, you know, those theories of, you know, 
of conditioning are kind of saying, I think it was the, was it John Locke? Yeah, it was John Locke who believed in this theory of tabula rosa, which is a blank slate. Everybody's a blank slate and it's how you're conditioned from that point. All right. Jesus, Steve, we're going to have some good podcasts coming up, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're going to we're going to go into the number one podcast to listen to at fucking midnight as yes. Steve puts us all to fucking sleep <laughs> with his goddamn fucking intellectual pseudo nonsense with his with his top knot, <laughs> <laughs> with his top knot, with his fucking man bun and his goddamn fucking psychological experiments from the turn of the century. I know, bro. That's all of, I've been balls deep in this all day. <laughs> I fucking love it, man. Listen, I hardly ever listen to Joe Rogan, but one of the only times I. I could not turn Joe Rogan off was the guest he had on talking about the psychological experiments that uh, Charles Manson ended up involved in and just all the fucked up shit that they used to do with LSD. And Always. So listen, you know, there's just so much interesting shit, but we got to, oh, anyway, just quickly, I don't want to exclude myself. I, 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 the pandemic definitely for me has brought me into the zone of like, no, I definitely want to be like a fucking married family guy. What? And I had started to accept, I'd started to accept like maybe I'm just a guy that's just going to be single and travel yes. all the time. Whereas now, like, I, I feel, I feel the nesting, I feel the nesting happening. And I hope that elements of that don't disappear once we're back to normal life. I mean, I am going to be happy to be fucking working, but yeah. I am also happy to sort of get into sort of, uh, the, the the nesting zone but can know? i can i just say that like when we first started working together and i would have brought that subject matter up with you that was not on the horizon at all it wasn't the feeling anyway it was all no. like yeah I, I don't know bro i don't know i don't know i don't know i'm fucking killing it with the ladies right now i just don't know if i want to settle down <laughs> <laughs> hannah will not be listening to that specific no, well, no i mean whatever i'm only yeah. joking around but but no i mean but she's the, she says the same like she was talking she really listen to her podcast she was talking to a random guy on facetime before she met me she was fucking around with this guy from summer house she had like some other guy on you know like she you know she she didn't know it was all about to go down and then boom it just happens so can i ask are you like how do you so you actually are feeling that you would like these things how does that make you feel like are you excited about that yeah it's very exciting that's you know i just amazing. i just I'm just not just getting enough excitement off you. I want you to jump on the couch like fucking Tom Cruise here. <laughs> oh yeah. No, well it's it well first of all I just I, I you know it's just nice to be living with somebody number one, but also it's just nice to start to think about life in a slightly different way. Yes. The only thing is that obviously suddenly when you're starting to think about the future and you think about how you're going to navigate your career with somebody else's career that brings a certain stress. Not the first time in my life I've had that stress. Mm. The second time really. Mm. But in both of those situations, they were quite complicated because our jobs bring complication. But the fact that now it's times two because she has a similar job to me, that will be complicated. But at the same time, when it happened the last time, I wasn't really in the mood for any bend. But I'm very in a very different place in my life. So I feel a lot more open to negotiation slash compromise. I have to say that I, I'm in of having these exact conversations this week and I feel myself having to go ethically to her. I'm like, I have to go. Yeah, that's fair enough. I have to bend here. I have to compromise. I have to. And it's killing me. But it's it's the fair and right thing to do. You know, it's like you got to pitch in with this. you got to do more of that. And if yeah. you want to study and it's like, fuck, but I can't complain. You know, she's done it. For- but it was tough for me. And the first time was tough because I was financing our life together. Uh, and she, she was new. She was she was developing her career, uh, and it with the with the with the great chance for potential. But at that time, she wasn't making any money, and I was making a lot actually. 
that was when I was at like making the most money. And, you know, the, the, the compromise was difficult because she was still looking to, to give herself the best chance to pursue her career while at the same time as I was fucking insanely busy. So it was tough to negotiate on, you want the potential to get successful, whereas you're trying to pull me away from fucking insane success, like super busy success. So that was difficult. Now, in hindsight, I think I would look back at that time differently. But of course, you you know, I, I don't have any regrets because that's just the way life happens. But at the time, I had no bend. And, and I'm definitely a different... I'm a different guy now, but it's not based on that past experience. It's more based on just being at a different stage in my life and also just being a lot more confident in how I feel. In the relationship? Yeah. 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 That's important. Do you think- yeah. Now, who knows? Who knows if that's like, you know, I was actually, I was 23 years old when I met that other person and- we were together nine years. So it can be hard to remember the surety of those early days because you're still in that chemical phase, that honeymoon phase. So, you know, when I think about myself and Hannah now, I think, well, this is incomparable. I've never felt this way before. But it's hard to know if you felt that way before and you forget. But I, I don't think so. I think... Because it was two I decades think, ago. Yeah, it's fucking 1999. Yeah. 1999, bro. Jesus Christ. I was in first year. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. well, uh, onwards, onwards and upwards. That's it, bro. Just gotta keep. All right. Well, listen. Um, I'm gonna let's let I'm gonna introduce Jason right now. Jason's coming up. A little twenty minute chat. Uh, so listen to that. <laughs> Jay, tell me about this. Uh, Jay, tell me about this new book. Oh yeah, my book. Where's come oh, on? We gotta we gotta get some promo out of it. Yeah, there it is. There. See that's that book, and there's other two on the back here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I'll, I'll summarize, as they say. Um, and I got, and just to tell you real quickly, I got, I got that, that phrase summarize, summarize from Ryan Tuberty's brother. Have you met him? I have. I've been to the after parties with the Tuberty's brother. Yeah, it's the funniest book ever. Oh my god! I've, I, what's his name again? I can't even I, I, kill I, I, him. I can't remember. No, uh, you wouldn't kill us. You'd go, I wouldn't expect somebody as fucking stupid as you to remember my name anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he sat there that night and poor El Ryan would go, when I met uh, Kathleen Turner, his bigger brother's going, summarize, summarize. Come on. You're <laughs> all fucking writing bloody stories. <laughs> and then he would go, I don't even know why you interview people. You can't even fucking do it properly. <laughs> <laughs> So I will summarize this book. Summarize. It's called, it's called The Accidental Adventures of Onion O'Brien. And this one's called The Secret Scientist. And it's it's based, it's based on me as a kid, like when I was about like 11 or 12. And he's in a gang called The Five O's. And it's kind of, it, it, it's set in, in, in modern times. But uh, it's, they don't really use much phones or technology. It's all about getting outside and solving problems. And this is kind of a James Bondy mystery, this bit, which is good fun. So... Um, uh, and they're all based on what happened to me, like stuff that happened to me when I was a kid. So when we were in in the altar boys, we ever did you ever get I, to be an altar boy? I, I was an altar boy, yes. Yeah. So the altar boys I was in, we we were in a kind of a U club as well. It kind of crossed over, you know. So um, and but funny enough, there was girls in that U club, but they weren't allowed to be fucking altar girls. And I remember saying to the priest even way back then, going, "Why can't they just be?" 
do altar service? And he's going, no, no, it's just men, just boys. Just like, oh, what the f-? Oh, Yeah, we know why now. But anyway, so, so I was, uh, we had to go to an old people's home. We had to visit old people, like in a, in a place called Simpsons Hospital. And we were only about 13, 14. And I was going, oh my God, old people, fucking shit, right? So we went down. And there was, I remember it was really dark and there was all these poor old, old people sitting in individual chairs and not saying much. And the place, the place smelled of kind of mahogany and that kind of old house that was freezing. And it looked really sad. And then he, I sat down with one guy and he, I went, oh, hi, I'm Jason. And he, I can't remember his name. He looked like he was about 90 or something, right? But he probably wasn't, but that's in my eyes. And then he started... And just start telling me that you know that he was in the rising that he knew Eamon de Valera and then another guy came over started sitting with us and he was in World War Two. another guy was in World War One, and it was fucking fascinating These are, this is like oh my god there's history in this room so this is what I was thinking then with this story I thought I'd set it in an old people's home because I love I love the history of old people you know because now they're getting a hard time because they have to cocoon and they're old and they're fragile they're shit but they're not they're, they're, they're fucking they've like you and me are going to be really old one day we've done amazing do you know what I mean so in this book there's a Russian old guy and he and but he ends up being this kind of secret scientist he's hiding from uh, uh, from you know the, the Russian government because he's got he's got this really cool uh this, this uh, he, he can solve all sorts of different problems and he's got lots of cures for things so he has made a machine in the basement that can basically give uh, uh, give an old per- person a hundred percent brain capacity for seven hours, and that's what's so that's what's so much fun because when they when they when the five O's like going you know Brian and I'll go to visit the old people they're all kind of you know floppy and you know not so good, but then later on that day like they see them on motorbikes and they see them like parachuting and doing match and they go how is that the same people you know, and so that's the mystery they have to they have to solve that mystery. And there's like men in black in there coming in and all sorts. So it's really good. And there's loads of humor. So I've got lots of Irish humor in there because Onion lives with his nana and granddad that are based on my mom and dad. So like, you know, Paddy Bourne is very much in there. Oh, so, that's nice. So, so this, this one is, this book is already on the market, right? Yeah. This is the third of these books. It's like, there's two, yeah, two. And this is the third of, yeah, it's, it's out there. Apparently I have to sell about a million books. And I think I make, 12 euros, I think you make. Yeah, I know. The book thing is funny, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember talking to Dave Williams about it. He said he had, um, basically, it, he was he was on his fourth book before anybody even knew he wrote books. <laughs> <laughs> but the kids' books, the, the, the kids' books can, the kids' books can do okay, no? Yeah, they can do okay. But I mean, I went to Easton's after I released my first book to, to what I thought I would see uh, Dave Williams, J.K. Rowling, and Jason Byrne on the shelf. I thought that was it. But then I looked up and there is a fucking wall of children's writers. Like, there's so many of them, you know? Yeah. You're in a highly competitive market. And you know, what age group What age group are you gearing this towards? Uh, eight to nine. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> So yeah, it's not selling very well for some reason. <laughs> no, it's like from yeah, I'd say like seven or eight all the way up, you know, all the way up to your granny. Were it's you like, a re- were you a reader? 
No, I, I mean that's the thing. I've got I've got really cool illustrations in here from Ushie McGann. He's brilliant. And so when I was a kid, I did all the comic books. I mean, I read on and I used to love reading like Tintin and like all those and Asterix and because my brain was very animated. So in school, if I had to just read something with words, it just didn't go in. I was just one of those kids, you know, that just it just. I could remember like history and shit. Like I could, if you, if a teacher sat me down and I could remember we had to read Woodrow Heights. If he just told me about the book and didn't make me read it, I would, I would know it inside out. Like I could remember it that way. And then I remember saying, that's, that, that's a toughie, you know, it's like this guy is an awkward guy, but she's addicted to him. It's a tough, that's a tough. Yeah. Well, Woodrow Heights. Yeah. You, <laughs> At 17 years of age, and you're a boy, and that's like more or less a romance novel. And we, and hardly any of it went in. And then I, they didn't even show us the movie, which was out then. They could have done that, you know. And and I remember seeing the movie years later, going, "Oh my god, this movie's fucking. This is brilliant. This story's fucking amazing." It's like, and it's quite scary. <laughs> it's scary, man. Yeah, but like we're just made read it out and read it out, just the same way that that the way. I can read an Irish book or I can read Irish or I can understand Irish when I look at it, but I still can't fucking, I can't speak it. It's just because it's all taught wrong, you know? So it's the same with the books. I even said to my English teacher, could we do a play? Let's do a play. Let's do Wooden Heights the play. And he just shunned me off and went, don't be an idiot. Sit down. And I was like, because, and I, and there's a really cool guy called uh, Sir Ken Robinson. Uh, he had a, he's just died recently and he had a book out called The Element and it's all about education and it's about saying that every single child it's like your thumbprint every single and every single human uh, has a different intelligence none of them have the same intelligence so, so it's insane so what the fuck are we going to do? well we're fine that's what it is we just need to nurture like the different intelligence like you know those entrance exams when you go into school don't oh, yeah. you have them in the you have them we, I mean, yeah, different types, but yeah, same, same shit. Yeah, yeah. So we had to like, we're, you're looking there, and like a lot of them had shapes that you had to work out without movement. You had to do it in your brain. There's loads of kids that couldn't fucking do that because they just don't have the that intelligence. So anyway, this book has got lots of pictures, so it's grand. So it's got yeah, but it's good fun because the adults. I, I've had a lot of messages from adults saying they've been laughing while reading it to their child, even like smaller kids, you know. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any like under the radar jokes that are funny for adults that kids wouldn't pick up? Um, you know the way like Family Guy and all that have a lot of that shit. Oh yeah, there's not too many in there, but there might be one with the machine where one of the old people uh, he, he says uh, something like, um, you know, he says you get a hundred percent, you know, your brain capacity for seven hours, and one of the old old guys he goes, is that like all over your body or just your brain? <laughs> <laughs> No kid's gonna know what that is. No, no kid's gonna get that. Yeah. <laughs> family guy, the old person would just be walking around with their clothes hanging out of their cock, drying. Nothing, <laughs> 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 Peter. Say nothing, Peter. Nothing. So uh, before before I let you go, how you doing with uh, all that uh, the grief stuff and everything? With dad, with the grief. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, it, it's it's still um. I, Oh yeah, so I don't know where where it's supposed to end. I don't understand where I go. Oh, okay, right, that's it now. Now he's dead. I'm I'm good now. Yeah, there is no good now. Um, I 
uh, I, I remember you talking about this before. Like, and when I go to my mom, my mom always talks about it when we get up there. So that kind of brings back stuff. It sounds like she is uh, absolutely dying to just fall on her knees and scream crying. And she's looking for permission all the time off us when we go up there. It's really weird. So she goes, oh, I know your dad's gone now. And sure, like, I really miss him. It's just awful. I mean, you, you, you do. I went, oh, yeah, I miss him loads. She goes, yeah. And she goes, like, she says things like, you know, it is terrible that he's dead. It is. It's not good. Like, she, it's, isn't it, it's, that, it's that kind of, I don't know if it's, if it's an old school way of grieving, uh, but it's like, it, it's like she's asking our permission to, and I say to her, ma'am, you talk about dad as much as you want, like, all the time. Just do whatever you want, you know. Yeah. And I do think it's tougher. I, th- I think it's tougher on the spouse. I really do. It is tougher on the spouse. And I, yeah, I still miss them, you know, and it's what's really hard for us as comedians. We're in and out of people's lives. You know, my mom and dad, I might see them for like two or three months yeah. and then back in. Them. So that's not good because my brain uh, sometimes thinks my dad's going to be there when I go up there. Oh yeah. But I, I, everybody has that, you know, like okay. I, I, well, I, that's literally the, la- the the book that I wrote about my dad. The last thing I say is that I always remembered that when our dog died, mistress, that I would be in Ireland. Exactly like you're saying, you're in and out of people's lives, right? So I would be in Ireland, and every time I would come back, mistress would be barking. Before, before I entered the house, I would hear the dog barking, and then the first thing that would happen is mistress would jump up all excited, like, oh, this guy's back, you know? And... It was at least five trips back to to New York before I stopped hearing the barking, even though it wasn't there. You know what I mean? I would like hear it in my head and then I would open the door and it would still surprise me that mistress was not jumping up on me. And I I was basically making the comparison that now every time I come back, I still expect to walk in, see my dad on the chair and be like, I'm back, you know, and he's not going to be there. The chair is going to be empty, you know? So and your mom as well, when you go back. I mean, are you, where are you? You're in the Hamptons right now, are you? Yeah, I'm in the Hamptons, yeah. So is that far from Queens? With my mother, it's always the phone, to be honest. Oh. We just sold oh. my mother's, we sold my mom's place, actually. The last bit of, like, stuff that my mom had is 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 is, do, is done, actually. We're completely done with all our after I'd be curious about that because we haven't done that, obviously, actually. My mother's still You don't have to. Go straight to your mom. Yeah, we didn't have any of that with my dad. No, but I mean, how does it feel that your family home is gone? Or does that bother No, but my family home was gone already. We sold that in 2015. So, okay. So that, that like, selling my mom's place was like, that's the place that my mother bought to live after, you know? Oh, so how did it feel to sell the family home, especially with your mom still alive? Yeah, that was, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was a little nostalgic, but it was a pain in the ass, that house. I mean, it was a lot, you know? So yeah, because my sister, like she says, you know, Oh my God, we can't sell, we can't have other people living in our house when mom's gone. And I'm going, what are you talking about? Like, you know, it's, it's, you know, I think Irish people have that. I know, I know there are people who've said that who go, I'm going to move out of my house and move back into my mother's house when she's gone. I can't have other people wandering around that house. Yeah, I mean, I, it is weird. I mean, I, I actually, it's Chinese people that bought my our house. And when they were doing it up, I passed and I was talking to them in Chinese and they let me have a look around. It was amazing. Like they completely changed it. I mean, I think they did a terrible job, but it was like, you're gone. You're gone. Like, when, when that house gets renovated, 
you, it's hard to remember what it fucking looked like, you know? Yeah, because when I bought a house here in Ireland, the woman I bought it off, she was lovely. She came back up just to see how we were. And she walked around the house and she just started crying. And I went, what? And she went, where's my carpets? Where's my good carpets? <laughs> oh, my God. We like pulled up our carpets because we were putting down floorboards or whatever. And she got really upset. She didn't think we were going to touch anything in the house. You know? Oh, wow. That's funny that she got upset. Yeah. Yeah. So we sold our house 2015. So that was no big deal. My mom's place is now gone. So, so her stuff is done. No, for me with the, with my mom, it's more the phone, like every now and then still to this day, particularly when I'm driving I, I and I have, a, I have a, I have a car, you know, car attachment thing, just in case people think I'm talking and driving, but sometimes I'll be like driving and she would have always been one of my go-to like, oh, I'm driving. I've nothing to do. I'll call my mother, see if she's all right. So still every now and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, I don't have that. Yeah, because I would call my mom a lot, you know. I always did anyway, you know. And I always I, and I always had that lovely moment with my mom going, how, how are you? And she always went, your dad says hello. And then you'd hear a grunt just beside her. Just going, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's funny. <laughs> I, I, I talk to my mother, like, I'd say at least eight times more than I talked to my dad. Like it was always like you call your mom and then if your mother was in the mood, she would give my dad permission to talk to me. <laughs> like she would, she was like the fucking Des conversation dealer. It's like, yeah, we got a little bit of Des conversation for you here right now. If you want. And then my dad would come on and be like, yeah, everything's good. Everything's fine. Yeah? Roger Federer, whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. you. Yeah. All right. Right. Keep it up. How's the work? You know, like it's always very sort of, used to pray for just a day where my dad would be on the phone and he'd go, oh my God, how was your gig last night? Did you die in your arse? Oh, fucking hell. Did you get wrecked afterwards? Yeah, it'd be great to have an old pint. Oh, fucking hell. Like, you know what I mean? It was literally, my dad just go, so you all right? Everything, uh, everything uh, okay? Okay, okay. I go, yeah. He go, good man. Good man, good man, good man, good man. I'll get you one. Yeah. Dad, <laughs> dad's on the phone or like five-year-olds on the phone. You know when you get a kid on the phone, it's like, how's everything going? Good. Yeah. Did you, did you, have, did you have dessert? Yeah. You know, there's no conversation. That's dads. Dads go back to that fucking state. Totally. <laughs> I just had my tea. My dad, my dad, my dad was always like, fuck it. You know, dad, I know you're making a bit of money now, but you never know, man. Make sure you save the money, all right? <laughs> He's just like, he was projecting all his career fears onto me all the time. Listen, man, you know, yeah. you never know when the money will just fucking disappear, man, all right? <laughs> Yeah, my dad's the same. It was always about the money. Do you know what I mean? So you're all right with the money now? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, it was never in-depth shit. It was just like a sentence. And that was it. <laughs> but I always regret, I mean, you know, you always have regrets. But I always say to people, fucking hell, you can sit down and list your regrets because you just didn't, you didn't take action. It doesn't matter. It wasn't, gonna, it wasn't meant to be. But to record my dad with his stories of the past, of history, because like he's... He had so many really cool stories, even though some of them might have been joint, like two stories we joined up together that wouldn't, you know, wouldn't match. But like, did I tell you the one about like when I said I was doing a, a children's, com- uh, sorry, a children's book launch in St. Patrick's Cathedral ground. You know that one where there's not, like, it's like a green, it's in the center of the city. Yeah, yeah, the uh, park there, yeah. The park thing. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. told my dad, my dad has asked me how I was, I'd just come from there. And then my dad went, oh, yeah, that used to be a uh, horse market, horse market, which I'm not too sure if it was, but it could have been, right? And then he says, and then there was, a, you know, there'd be like loads of people selling stuff. And then he said, 
And, he's like, and they'd be Indian, Indian fellas, you know, Indian fellas. And they would sell uh, uh, spices. And I went, oh, yeah. He goes, that's where the first time we ever seen spices was at these markets. And he says, uh, and you know why they, they sold the spices? Like, you know, cause it, yeah, and they would sell you meat with the spices on it. And they say, my dad said, the spices were invented to cover up rotten meat, to, to take the smell off rotten meat is why spices were invented. And then my dad then go, that's why I never go to an Indian because it's full of rotten meat. And I go, dad, <laughs> those markets were like in fucking 1762 or something. <laughs> and he's going, no, no, no. They never change their ways. They never change their ways. Like he's just... <laughs> And you could have said anything to my dad, like, you know, like, you know, just say fucking duvets. And the next minute he tells you where a duvet came from and all this kind of like, but just, yeah, I regret, I regret not getting them that way. I know it's tough, man. I regret not having a few more, like do a podcast with my mother and stuff like that. You know, cause we have the documentary with my dad. I watched it with Hannah and it was like, so great. I was like, fuck so great to have this. Hannah's never, yeah. Hannah's never going to meet my family, but she actually, she started crying at the end. She was like, I'm never going to meet your parents. I was like, yeah, no, deal with it. <laughs> no, I just, I'm, I'm just kidding. But no, it was, it, was, it was nice that she was able to have the video. But I, I, I wish I had done like a podcast with my mother or something. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, my, my mom, I don't think my mom would be so good in the podcast. Even though people go, oh, your mom's mad. She's great crack. We stick a microphone in their face. They're like totally different. Like, oh, what? So I would have had to go into my dad and press record on my phone and leave it in my pocket because he would oh, never not, have. Not, not tell him, yeah. Yeah, because I remember RTE coming to my house. We were doing a documentary about whatever. And they put a monitor in the conservatory. Do you know what I mean? Because they were interviewing my mom and dad as well. And we, they were setting up the lights and everything. We looked over. My dad was on his own with the TV monitor. And he was putting his chest up to the monitor. Right? And then standing back and putting his chest up to the monitor. And then the director went, what are you doing, Paddy? My dad goes, I have a pacemaker. I just want to make sure it doesn't interfere with the equipment. <laughs> <laughs> and they were going, I'm pretty sure it's okay. You're, you're not. My dad probably thought when he did an interview, it'd be like this kind of pumping noise in the background or something, or some sort of fucking... I mean, like, nothing comes off there. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's just, the logic he had for shit was so funny, like, you know? So I'm conscious of the fact that you said you needed to go at 12. It's three minutes to 12 Irish time. So do me a favor. Uh, where can people buy the book? Oh, yeah. So if you go on to like Eason's.com, uh, that's probably the best. That's probably the best one to go on to, with, you know, Eason's book. There's also a thing called bookstation.com and Dubry. 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 D-U-B-R-Y. Anyway.com. And then also, and also, what about the podcast? Yeah, so Mind Your Loaf, uh, that's on Spotify and on iTunes. So that's a you know other thing. And then just keep an eye on my my Facebook Live and my Instagram because I'm uh, I'm going to start that Patreon thing now. I'm going to start. Are you doing it? You're doing a Patreon? Yeah, because you know, like, and I'm actually, I, and the reason why I'm doing it as well is because my fans are giving me grief because they're going, can we not like you know donate something to you for all the fucking shit you're doing for us? And I was like, oh, uh, okay. Because there's an Irish person, you're kind of feeling, oh, I feel bad. No, no. <laughs> feel bad for getting paid for working. So, yeah, so. All right, so, yeah, so, and what, what, what it was, a Jason Byrne comic, right? Yeah, Jason Byrne comic. And I'm going to do, uh, like, I do little live little uh, 
gigs in his toilet here, which work out really well. So they like doing that. Oh, great. Yeah. So it's not like stand up. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing like it's like sit. You know, if I do, if I do any stand up dance, it's like what we've just done. I just tell a story. If it comes into my head. I, I know. I don't. I'm not. I'm not into the virtual gigs and stuff like that. But that's good. You're setting up oh. Patreon. So everybody, keep an eye out for that for Jay. Thanks, yeah. Jay. Now, Des, we'll stay in touch, right? And we got. We don't. We go at least once a month. We should do that. Or maybe we should get in with a Zoom call with Beck and all. We should do a Zoom with Beck. We well, see. I'm a little bit more. Well, I I keep in touch because I'm writing this thing with Ursula, so I I, I kind of like I have a, an involvement with them at the moment. So I'm not as disconnected. But we should do oh, a fun. You were you were starting when I was there. Hey, remember you? Were yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're 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 chugging away on that. We're working with an American company, but you know we'll see. So, but let's do like a fun. Let's do a fun Zoom. Yeah, definitely. I'll actually talk. Beck would be good at setting that up as well. I'll talk to her. And then, yeah, Shanaz and fucking Dursa. Get the whole crew together. Get the gang together. All right, I'm, I'm stopping the recording. And now we're back with Steve, which happened all within five seconds, but this is the end of the conversation. Boom. I don't want to fucking, I don't even want to do our like, hey, listen, I'm going to do the intro. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, just yeah. like, we're, we're just not doing that. So I Steve, just, we'll knowing, talk to you soon. Knowing Jason, it was an amazing chat anyway. It was amazing chat. We'll talk to you soon. We'll talk to you Take next care, week, brother. hopefully. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, you, have a, you have a think about some topics that you're talking about. We'll, we'll get into it. Oh, yeah. You know? I'll, I'll send you some stuff. So cool, bro. It's fucking mature student podcast. <laughs> At hello, Steve-O. Yes, bro. Um, and uh, I'm at this bishop. Leave reviews, guys. We love the reviews. Um, yeah, five stars on iTunes. Take Spotify screenshots and stuff like that, you know, and uh, just keep keep helping us spread the word uh, of the pod. And Stay I'll, I'll safe, care. everybody. Keep the chin Stay up. safe. Stay, Stay safe. Enough. Five. Stay safe. See you, Steve. See you, bro. Take care. Good luck, bro. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 